Super Talk Mississippi media production. Southern Miss fans know the number one stop for Golden Eagle Apparel is Campus Book Mart on Hardy Street in Hattiesburg. Baseball, basketball, football, Campus Book Mart has it covered with clothing to fit the young and old, big and small Golden Eagle in your family. You can visit the store on Hardy Street, shop online at campusbookmart.net, or call in your order and have it mailed to your front door. However you choose to buy, always visit Campus Book Mart first. You won't be sorry. Campus Book Mart and Southern Miss, to the top. I'll pre record on my count. Seven, six, five, four, three, two, roll A, fade up on A. Southern Miss to the top. You're tuned in to the Eagle Hour. We are glad that you are on this sunny Tuesday in the Berg. I'm Kelly Sander along with producer engineer Michael Mergens and the brash youngster Ben Milam here (laughs) from the Southern Bankport Studios in Hattiesburg. Luke Johnson and Bob Getty off the rest of this week, but we carry on here. With a great program scheduled to be on the show today, David Crane, the radio voice of the UAB Blazers, former Conference USA rivals of Southern Miss, round one of the NIT tonight at 6.30. The Eagles will go to the Bartow Center in Birmingham to take on the Blazers. David Crane will give us his insight on that ball game coming up later on in the show. We'll also be talking game day with the head baseball coach at Southeastern Louisiana University, Matt Reiser, who prepped at Picayune High School and is really one of the up-and-comers in in the college baseball ranks. Matt Reiser's Lions will take on the Golden Eagles tonight down in Hammond. This first segment brought to you by Dickie's Barbecue Pit, made here, loved everywhere, Dickie's Barbecue. Uh, Certainly keep them in mind when it comes to your next catering of your baseball tailgate party. Maybe you're going to the roost. Maybe you've got some senior parties coming up for as we head toward graduation for your high school or college graduates. Leave all the cooking to them, not only the best uh, meats around, but side dishes as well. Dickie's Barbecue Pit, proud to be supporters of the Southern Miss Eagle Hour. Also, we want to welcome to our program Janet King, the king of clean. I made sure that my teeth were glued in this morning. Uh, They've been working 35 years cleaning your places of work, education, medical places, eateries, stadiums, worship. Go Janet King. <laughs> now, I just bragged about having my teeth. Go to JanetKingCleans.com for more information. But see, even though I screwed that up, that brings more attention to Janet it King. It does. They get extra bang for their buck. Yeah, a few more seconds of airtime. So we got a lot to talk about here, Ben, as we welcome you for the rest of the week. We do, yeah. Glad to be back with you, Kelly. Uh, well, a big one tonight in the, in the NIT, and really as... You have peeled this onion back to look more at this game and do a deeper dive. The the numbers externally, they haven't even tipped the ball off yet, obviously. But the numbers don't look good for Southern Miss, it, it went, especially when going to UAB. Let's talk about that. Yeah, well, I, I mean, first of all, just in terms of style of play, um, I don't know that you love this matchup. I mean, for, for those that are not familiar with what UAB has done this year, they are overall 25-9. and nine, Played in the conference tournament championship against FAU, who's been a top 25 team pretty much 
all year long and lost bad to the Owls, but beat FAU earlier in the year, lost to them um, by two, split the regular season series 1-1 and then lost the other by two. And this is uh, what a lot of people were expecting to be a tournament team thought Conference USA might be a two-bid league because UAB felt like UAB would have a really good chance to make a run through that conference tournament. Big reason for that is Jelly Walker, Jordan Walker, uh, goes by Jelly Walker. He was, a lot of people were expecting him to go to the NBA draft last year. He made his return and will probably actually might be the back-to-back Conference USA Player of the Year. Don't quote me on that. Was the Conference USA Player of the Year last year has consistently been one of the better players in Conference USA in Group of Five basketball. Uh, they kind of go as he goes. And we'll get into some of those numbers here shortly. But yeah, just playing UAB in general, specifically in Birmingham at Bartow Arena, has not been kind to Southern Miss. UAB, the all-time series, uh, this will be, let's see if I can do some quick math, the 55th all-time meeting, I think. And UAB all time thirty four and nineteen. Is that up? That up? No, thirty four and twenty one. Okay. Whatever. <laughs> thirty nine and thirty nine seventeen. Okay. I think it. Yeah, I should, <laughs> should have written it down. Obviously, UAB has controlled the yeah. series uh, for the most part, and specifically at Bartow Arena. Southern Miss has only won two at Bartow in Birmingham. And uh, 21 and 2, I think, is the overall record in Birmingham for Southern Miss. And part of that is this last decade of basketball, Southern Miss has has struggled a little bit. Right, right. And UAB uh, really took advantage of that. Uh, they've won four straight against Southern Miss. And it's just, it's been a venue where you haven't won a lot. And, it, you know, we have talked about, you know, sort of the bugaboo now is South Alabama. It used to be UAB in a lot of sports where just they seem to have your number, regardless of how good of a team you have, how good of a season you're having. It's always tough to play UAB. Even when Larry Fedora had a really good football team here and all, all they had to do was to go to UAB on a Thursday night, That's I it. think, and beat a miserable UAB team. And the Blazers beat Southern Miss and, uh, and, and really changed the course of that football season. So, yeah, they, they've been... They've been just that uh, thorn in the Eagles' side that they're going to have to deal with tonight. Now, injury-wise, Neftali Alvarez could go tonight, most likely will not. Um, he's destined for some you know, off-season uh, things that he's going to have to deal with with that foot as it continues right, to hamper right, him right. a little bit. But other than that, it's, uh, it's all things go uh, in this first round. So how do you see this one tonight, Ben? Well, first of all, I want to correct myself. 36 and 19. I want to give correct numbers there. 36 and 19 UAB ahead in the all-time series, 21 and 6. So Southern Miss has won six total games in program history at Bartow Arena in Birmingham. Uh, In terms of Neftali Alvarez, I mean, you guys have talked about it leading up to this NIT, but the... I think both offensively and defensively, I heard Scott Watkins talk about this in... in, um, in, in terms of some numbers and how that shakes out for the outlook without Neftali Alvarez, and we saw it play out against South Alabama, both sides of the ball really have molded around Neftali Alvarez, his ability to create offensively and his ability to really lock down whoever's handling the basketball for whoever Southern Miss is playing. And you've played some really good point guards. You played Isaiah Moore 
for South Alabama. And I mean, if you had Neftali Alvarez on him, you feel like that would have been a very different ball game. I think the maybe the biggest matchup defensively individually is Mo Arnold on Jelly Walker because we saw it against South Alabama. Mo is, you know, he's probably going to have to play 38, 39 minutes tonight with without Alvarez. And with that style, you play defensively. It's high pressure in pretty much every possession, um, you know, for the full, the full stretch of every single possession. And with, what Jelly Walker does, he's averaging 23.5 points a game. He's the nation's second leading scorer. Uh, he shoots over 40% from three, averages just under five three-pointers a game. So he's he, he really, UAB goes as he goes, especially offensively. And so without Alvarez, the question is, are you able to backfill and support some of that defensive pressure without him um, and a lot of that's going to come down to Mo Arnold will he be able to keep his legs under him guarding Jelly Walker for 40 minutes of basketball Andy Kennedy the head coach at UAB of course was at Ole Miss and uh, then went over to UAB and has has done a good job there so with Andy Kennedy's experience in Mississippi the Southern Miss Eagles although the Jay Ladner version he has not seen there's certainly some history there between Andy Kennedy yeah. uh, and Southern Miss earlier in the year it seemed as if however Felipe Hase went you know, the Eagles went. They The first half of the season, they protected the ball much better than they apparently have been doing here sure. as of late. And that is something that they're going, they're going to have to play pristine yeah. as far as hanging on to the basketball. They cannot turn it over. Yeah, well, you, you turned it over 19 times against South Alabama, I think, and you're averaging just over 11 per game. And, th- and we've seen when this team is good, like you said, they keep their nose clean offensively, don't turn the basketball over, and you, you get full possessions because when when this team, the staff is able to get um, those five guys out on the floor into a half-court offense and really set things up, create flow, uh, you're able to get open looks. And I, you know, it, at some point in the game, you feel like you have good enough shooters with Felipe Hase and DeAndre Pinckney to where they are eventually going to hit some of those shots. And that's what you ran into with South Alabama. You, you just turned it over too much and didn't, you weren't able to get into as many of those situations where you were able to set up that half court offense. And Denaje Harris is going to have to be a major player tonight. Yeah, it, it, that's another big matchup. I think you look at KJ Buffin is he's going to be the leader, the front court for UAB. He's another former Ole Miss Rebel, really athletic, six eight six nine, and is not just going to kill you offensively unless you play him soft and give him space to work. And, um, you know, we've seen Denaje Harris, Tyler Mormon do great job, a great job on the interior of slowing down some of those bigs who have the ability to hurt you. Going to have to see it again tonight. And that's a 630 start tonight at the Bartow Arena. Now, the winner of this game uh, gets a Moorhead State Clemson right. winner. Yep. And you would think on the surface if Moorhead were to pull that upset that Southern Miss would get a home game. Uh, and then if Clemson won, realistically, the Eagles, if they win tonight, would have to go to Clemson. Yeah. But let's get this one first. All right, we've talked a little bit about the southern side of the ledger. Let's talk after the commercial break about UAB. And nobody knows the Blazers better than the man that's called their games all season long and has done for a long time. David Crane, the radio voice of the UAB Blazers, next on the Eagle Hour.
You're tuned in to the Eagle Hour. The Eagle Hour. Southern Miss to the top. This segment of the Eagle Hour brought to you by Campus Bookmart. That's Campus Bookmart with a T. They're open 24 hours, seven days a week at campusbookmart.net. It is your one-stop shop for all things Southern Miss, whether it's Southern Miss gifts, swag, clothing, uh, getting ready now for the spring with all shorts and T-shirts available. That's Campus Bookmart, the bright gold building right across from the main street of campus on Hardy Street. Kelly Sander, along with Ben Milam, joining us now from Birmingham is the 16-year voice of the UAB Blazers, David Crane, who will get to call the NIT game tonight as Southern Miss goes to the Bartow Center Old Conference USA uh, Rivals getting back together tonight. David, welcome to you. Hey, guys. How are you? Uh, looking forward to this one tonight. How do you see it, and, and what's what's the talk at uh, at UAB like going into this one? Well, I, you know, I, I expect it'll be a, a good game. It'll be It's nice to have a familiar face in town again um, when you're removed from, from being conference rivals. But I think, you know, for the most part, folks are excited to, to have another game at home. Uh, have another chance for Jelly Walker to, to to play in front of the Birmingham crowd, but uh, they, there's some disappointment, and like I'm sure there is in, in Hattiesburg that um, you have a, a, a for Southern Miss a championship year uh, for UAB to have a good year, not quite a great regular season championship, but um, you know the NCAA is the ultimate goal for everybody. But um, I, I think both of these teams are excited to to keep playing. It, it's you know it's nice to have a um, some some local flavor to it, um, and and I, I would imagine uh, there'll be a nice turnout tonight. Hopefully, there will be, uh, and and can get a jump start on the the basketball postseason. Birmingham is very excited. I will say this for for basketball. Uh, the NCAA first and second rounds coming back to Birmingham after a long hiatus uh, and got a tremendous draw with Alabama and Auburn and Houston all coming to town. So, so the basketball is uh, top of mind in Birmingham right now, and it, it'll start tonight. Yeah, it would have even been better had you know had the Blazers gotten in there, but but wins and losses-wise, a, a good UAB team, obviously, otherwise they wouldn't be playing anywhere in postseason. When the Blazers were playing their best basketball this year, David, what did they do best as a team? Well, it's, it's interesting. You know, early in the season, it was all offense. They were scoring 85, 86 points a game. Jordan Walker was doing what he did all of last year. But the defense wasn't quite as sharp as Andy Kennedy wanted. They were giving up 75, you know, points a game, something like that. So they were basically outscoring a lot of folks. Um, Jordan Walker got injured probably just past the midpoint of the season, missed, I think it was five games. So in that stretch, the offense, as you would imagine, dropped off a pretty good bit, but the defense really picked up, and, and that's how UAB was, was winning games in that stretch without Jordan Walker was with his defense. And then when, when Jelly came back, um, the offense, as you might expect, picked up again, started scoring a lot more points, but the defense got better as well. There was not that, that return to the uh, the poorest defense that we had seen. So. Uh, up until Saturday night against Florida Atlantic, UAB had really been doing it on both ends of the court. They, they were scoring a lot of points and playing tremendous defense. Um, that all changed Saturday night, unfortunately, and, and neither end of the court was very good for UAB in the championship game loss to Florida Atlantic. 
Well, David, as you have already mentioned, I mean, you can't talk about UAB basketball right now without talking about Jelly Walker. What does he do specifically well, and what exactly was missing offensively in that stretch when he wasn't with the Blazers? <laughs> it's, it's really simple. I'm, I'm even smart enough to figure this one out. Uh, he can shoot the basketball, and, and he is going to get his shots up, and more often than not, they're going to go in. I mean, he's averaging 23-plus points a game. Uh, so he's, he truly is instant offense when he gets out there. And his range is, is almost limitless. So if he gets the slightest little crack, finds a, a little opening, uh, that shot's going up. And he's also been a little bit better, I would say, after the, the injury um, of getting to the, to the basket. Uh, normally, you know, he would, he would settle for sitting out there around the three-point line, but he's been a little more aggressive getting to the bucket, and he's, he had some, some impressive finishes in traffic against the, the bigs inside. So it, it's offense. It's all about offense for Jelly, uh, and, and he is not afraid to take a shot at any point. So, David, what you're telling us is the Eagles need to avoid a Jelly roll tonight. <laughs> Where, Michael, where's been, that's been <laughs> that's the a, that's an been issue used. for? <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Uh, that's been an issue for some. He, he's gotten on some rolls uh, as of late, and uh, yes, uh, I, that would be sound advice for the Golden Eagles. Yeah, you know, th- this Southern Miss team has, like, like never before, has quite a unique element of international flavor. Um, how much? How much international exposure? if you will, have the Blazers had this year of other teams in Conference USA, and how could that be problematic tonight? Because it's a different style of play, uh, generally, than what, what teams are, are used to. What do you think about all that? Uh, you know, there, we've seen a couple of international players. Saw one really good one uh, Saturday night in the championship uh, game, Vlad Golden, uh, transferred from Texas Tech, but he's originally from Russia for, for Florida Atlantic, and he's seven feet, legit seven feet, so um, he was a, a talented international big man. Probably not as, as much maybe um, in recent years as we have seen, but say, you know, here and there sprinkled in. I, I will say the biggest challenge tonight might not be for UAB. It could be. I'm sure those guys are all very talented. We will we'll certainly see. Uh, the biggest challenge is going to be for me uh, because, uh, unfortunately, no one put a pronunciation guide in the in the game. Now. So uh, <laughs> we can we'll help be, you with we'll that. Maybe yeah. making it up as we go along. And no, no, we'll we'll call we'll we'll call you after the show and, and help you, and, and and we will shoot you straight. <laughs> yeah. You know, I, I promise. Uh, so the, you talked about the disappointment of not getting into the of into the NCAA tournament. Southern Miss now has been a year out of, of Conference USA as they have transitioned into the Sun Belt. How was the league this year in Conference USA? You've seen it un, under different car, carnations. How was it this year? I would say it, it, it was the best it had been, gosh, since Memphis was in the league back in those days. So was that 10 years ago, something like that? Wow. Um, you know, Florida Atlantic was, was in. If UAB had won the championship game, we'd have gotten two teams in the NCAA tournament for the first time in a long time. Um, and, and some people think FAU got a, a, a bad seed, thought they might be as high as like a six seed. So they were legit. They are really, really good. They won, what, 31 games. Um, UAB was picked to win the league this year, didn't do it. Um, but the Blazers were pretty good. North Texas was a really good team. You know, you go down to FIU, it's a hard trip to go down there, and FIU plays great at home. They knock off a bunch of teams down in Miami. So I, I think most of the coaches would tell you, even at just 11 teams this year, it was the best Conference USA basketball had been 
in a long time. Well, and I'm curious, David, too. You talk, we talk about the disappointment a little bit, lingering. It's true here in Hattiesburg. I'm sure it is in Birmingham. You, you mentioned it um, a little uh, a moment ago. Of yeah, I mean you you have this great season and you get all the way to the conference championship and you get so close, but you still have postseason basketball have to play and this is a prestigious event this is you know it's a big deal to play in the NIT how have you seen that around Birmingham and maybe in you know shoot arounds and and your time around the team how have you seen maybe that uh trying to shake off that disappointment I guess I guess and, and get up for a really important and um yeah a big deal to play in this NIT yeah that's an interesting question um you know, we got back into town afternoon um, on Sunday, and you know, you find out at nine o'clock Sunday night who and where and when and all that. So it's been a really quick turnaround for UAB, and and I'm curious to see if there is a hangover um, for not making the NCAA tournament for either of these teams. Southern Miss has had a little more time to maybe process um, the, the tournament loss and then get recharged to, to play in the postseason, knowing they were in, knowing they had a spot in the NIT waiting on them. You still had to be a little concerned that they were going to get in. But, um, you know, I don't know. You, you've got the quick turnaround for UAB that hopefully they can flush Saturday night's disappointment. You've got Southern Miss that's been sitting for a while. Um, so, I don't know. It, it'll be, I'll be curious to see how both of these teams come out tonight, the intensity level, the motivation, all those things. Well, the guys in Lost Wages or Las Vegas – say that UAB is nine points better yeah. tonight. So we'll, we'll see how this one does shake out. But either way, the winner will get the winner of Clemson and uh, Moorhead State, which is not, not too far up the uh, I-65 uh, from you guys, you know, up in, uh, in Kentucky. So, David, we wish you the best of luck tonight. Have a good call, and uh, thank you for joining us on the Eagle Hour. You bet. Thanks, guys. All right, David Crane, the 16-year voice of the UAB Blazers. Both teams, really, when the record-wise, are almost identical, man. I think Southern Miss maybe goes in, what, 25-7? and seven. Yep. Blazers going 25-9. and nine. That's right. So, I mean, they've played a, a couple of extra tournament games. You know, UAB got a couple of extra games in there. Um, but based on what he said about the strength of Conference USA, I was a little taken back by that answer. That's not what I expected. But if anybody knows it... He certainly does. And to say that it's the strongest since Memphis has been in there, it's uh, Eagles have got some work to do tonight, but uh, we're all behind them for sure. That game tonight, 6.30 local time on the ESPN family of networks. Now, if you're not into basketball, but you're fully in baseball mode, the baseball Eagles are in Hammond tonight where they line up, as they say, L-I-O-N up. We'll be talking with the head baseball coach at Southeastern Louisiana University, Matt Reiser, a Mississippi native, when the Eagle Hour continues in just a moment. Southern Miss to the top. To the top. You're tuned in to the Eagle Hour. This segment of the Eagle Hour brought to you by 4th Street Bar and Grill. They want to remind you, do Slade and Booty over there, that they're going to have trivia tomorrow night on Wednesday night, and then they're gearing up for St. Patrick's Day. 
which is Friday. They're going to have all kinds of uh, drink specials. And, of course, Southern Miss baseball, Southern Miss basketball. There's an, a Southern Miss sporting event that is on TV. And if it's not on TV, they usually send somebody from 4th Street Bar and Grill to walk over to the fields and just call it in on a phone, yeah. you know, and kind of give you <laughs> the what's going on. 4th Street Bar and Grill, the official pregame spot for Southern Miss fans. Joining us now is Matt Reiser, the head baseball coach at Southeastern Louisiana University, the Lions, where they throw their fingers up in the L, make an L out of their fingers, and they say, Line up. Lion up. That's right. 11-5, and five, the Lions are, and they entertain the Southern Miss Golden Eagles tonight. Coach Reiser, thank you on game day for joining us. Thank you so much. Yeah, absolutely, Kelly. I appreciate you guys having me. Anytime I can get on and talk about our guys, man, you know, always proud and happy to do it. Hey, and we got we got to salute the Maroon Tide of Picayune, do we not? Uh, have to, have to, man. <laughs> Roll Tide. <laughs> they, uh, that's they, it. They get a lot of my those days of Oak Grove and Picayune, man. Oh those yeah, Warriors. Oh man, some great ball game. But I will say, Coach, that's the only time we allow the words that's "roll right. tide." The only time. <laughs> <laughs> All right, look, great series. Your kids uh, played really well at Auburn this past weekend, and I'm not sure why anybody's eyebrows would be raised because if you know this lion history, they've been the kings of the Southland for for quite a long time. Uh, but but nonetheless, to go into an SEC land and win two out of three, you've got to be really happy with where your kids are playing. I would think. Yeah, absolutely. Just the way they're responding, you know, the maturity of the ball club is coming out. And I say that as, as in the beginning of the season, you know, uh, uh, we come out open weekend, four games set. You know, we, we demolish them on game one on a doubleheader, 20 to nothing. It's hard to stay focused and locked in. And then we win a tight one, you know, 7-5 on the back end and sweep off an open weekend. So uh, to go into things like last week, uh, you know, we, we had a tough one at Jacksonville, you know, I mean, really, probably about as dominant of the ball game we've had against an opponent in a long time. Eight and two thirds, or one strike away from you know finishing off a series win at Jacksonville. We've got a good club there in the East Sun, and uh, you know we get walked off one. So to be able to bounce back from that, going to Auburn, also you know the environment that's, that's there in Tigerland, and uh, to be able to go in there and do that and have a backing as well, to be able to do that in doubleheader. I mean, it's it's extremely difficult. I don't know the last time a doubleheader's been taken at a SEC uh, for a non-conference opponent. So just really proud of the guys to be able to show that maturity and and. And even in the same sense, you know, after the the sweep there on Saturday, obviously the guys were excited by getting the win and, and you know, get some uh, vengeance, so to speak, after that regional last year. We didn't show the way we wanted to show. But they were business as usual, man. Hey, man, that's great. Enjoy it tonight. Uh, you know, we got to travel tomorrow, but we got to get back to work on Monday. We got to get Southern Miss Ball Club going to our ballpark. We got to keep this thing going. Well, there's a couple of names that Eagle fans need to be aware of. Tyler Fink, your outstanding uh, center fielder, and Champ Arteagues. A lot of people might remember that last name, Arteagues. Jay Arteagues uh, used to be the baseball coach at Pearl River Community College. Yeah, the one in Poplarville. And he's now the AD at Southeastern Louisiana. And, and, we're we're just kind of kidding here, Matt. But the reason Champ is playing is because his dad is the AD, right? <laughs> yeah, like we said, it has nothing to do with that three thirty batting average, double digit yeah. RBIs, right? <laughs> yeah. uh, you know, I, I was so proud of Champ this past weekend, man. Probably probably the best weekend he's had in his career since he's been here. You know, he's had some big games, and uh, you know, played actually really well against Southern Miss last year at their place and our place, but. Uh, this past weekend, man, he just turned it up another level and the maturity and the leadership that we need on that field. 
uh, has really shown up. So, yeah, I've really been proud of, of his progress and, and obviously the Open to this year. I, I want to, before I turn you over to Ben, I just, how do you approach uh, Coach Riser? It's so funny since I've known you since you were a, a very, very young man, but calling you Coach Riser. But nonetheless, <laughs> um, how, do you, how do you approach midweek games? Like the Eagles have struggled finding some midweek pitching that's been consistent. Uh, how do you right. how do you go into these? Yeah, you know, I mean, non-conference. I mean, you're playing these opponents, right, to build the RPI schedule. Uh, you know, I tell people all the time, it's going to be on my tombstone. It's going to be RPI, not RIP, right? <laughs> uh, so, you know, we do this to challenge ourselves to get ready for conference play, but also for postseason play as well. And in uh, some of that, you you learn as you go. You'll you'll make some mistakes. You'll give some guys some opportunities in that, and some of those guys will flourish and and solidify some roles. Some guys won't, you know, and. Uh, I think the biggest thing for us is, you know, we're trying to continue to play quality baseball, uh, you know, for nine ends of baseball. We want to we be able to pitch it. We want to be able to catch it. Uh, we want to be able to move the baseball around, you know, and just play good, clean, fundamental baseball. And so when you get to do that against a quality club in the midweek against the Southern Miss and, you know, the LSUs and uh, South Alabamas and, uh, you know, the whole nine yards that we play in the middle of the week and obviously in the weekend non-con, uh, the approach to it is just to continue to solidify some confidence and solidify some roles to help you win a regular season title. Well, what's the approach been, Coach, for your lineup? I mean, it, it's been really good, particularly this past weekend. Um, and in that yeah. doubleheader, you scored 16 runs, banging out 27 hits. What yeah. is the approach offensively that's, that's made uh, your lines productive there? Yeah, you know, Coach Pemberton, our hitting coach, has done a fantastic job of preparing our guys week to week. You know, I mean, at the end of the day, you've got different guys you face, right? You face right-handers, you face left-handers, you face guys with sliders and change-ups. Some guys have balls that die, some guys have balls that ride. And so uh, I think he's just done a really good job of, of continuing to prepare our hitters for what we what we have to see. Uh, some staffs have some tendencies, right? Some staffs, they, man, they throw a lot of strikes. Some staffs tend to, you know, kind of stuff over strikes. In other words, if you'll stay this one the zone, they'll walk, and you got to, you know, get the big hit to knock a few guys in. But I think he's just done a really good job of pairing our lineup, you know, of, of what we have to see. And uh, on a consistent basis, you know, it's not, it's not been vanilla for us when we go out there and practice. Um, you know, when we go out in early outs like they are right now, they're, they're preparing for – Throw him tonight, you know. Uh, they know he's got a really good changeup. They know he's got a good slider. Got a good life to the fastball. Because man, it's going to throw a lot of strikes. Um, you know, hey man, let's just go preparing a game plan and that. And that's, I think that's what's kept us consistent. What we do, and uh, we've got some speed in the lineup, right? We've got some guys that can have some power in the lineup. Um, but at the end of the day, man, that that overall approach that they're having to making tough outs. You know, in a ball game, you're going to make 27 outs. I mean, that's just guaranteed. You know, you got to make sure that you make 27 tough outs in that. And if you can do that. Uh, and that pressure continues to stay on that pitcher and that defense too. So you know, hopefully at some point in time, you know, you might not have a whole lot to show for it from a run standpoint. Uh, but hopefully at some point in time, you wear them to the point to where you do get that big in and make the explosion there at the end, like we did this past weekend. Yeah, I'm glad you mentioned the base running there. That was that was my next question. 54 stolen bases through 16 games. That's a lot of stolen bases, and that's always yeah. sort of been a hallmark of your program there at Southeastern Louisiana. What's the logic behind that? Yeah, you know, it's just aggression, uh, in all honesty. I mean, I want to be uh, – I'm an aggressive personality <laughs> just by nature. Uh, you know, we want to recruit kids in that same type of mindset and, and obviously turn them loose in, in, in games. And so we want to pitch aggressive. We want to swing aggressive. We want to run the bases aggressive. And, you know, they don't tell you how to score the runs. They just tell you you got to score them, you know. And uh, so whichever way we can do it, you know, we don't have an ego at the, at the plate to say, hey, man, well – you know, uh, I got to hit a long ball, coach. No, I mean, if, if, if they're going to walk in, you can still second. That's just as good as a double, you know. So 
Uh, our guys are always talking about 390s and trying to find them in the game. You know, let's be honest, college baseball right now, uh, from a talent standpoint, I mean, it's it's pretty even. Uh, there's a lot of parity in college baseball from a talent standpoint with the draft being reduced. More kids are showing up to school with name image likeness deals. And uh, look, hey, man, now it's, it's no thing to go out and see a 95 an hour fastball. You know, back when I played, it was, it was, you know, once a weekend. Now it's, you know, at least once a game, if not twice a game, that you're seeing this kind of stuff. So, uh, you know, what's the separator? What's the advantage? And that's, that's part of us, man. That's part of our mindset. You know, I always tell the guys when they first get here in the fall is, I want to be like Virginia Tech football, you know, the Beamer days when they always talked about the special teams, you know, base running special teams for us. You know, hey, man, if you put emphasis on it, you can be good at it. If you don't, then you won't, you know. Uh, for us, if we can gain an advantage on that part of it, then great, fantastic. You know, we can probably have some pressure before the game ever starts. So, you know, teams have to prepare a little bit different for it because not everybody plays that way in that direction. And uh, I think the biggest thing is we keep that identity, you know, whether we do have success or don't have success. So that happened at Auburn in game one. I think we made three outs in the base in the first three innings. You're know, like, Coach, man, you just get away a free inning, right? Three outs. Um, yeah, but then the game ended up putting us where we need to be again uh, for the long haul. And final question, Coach Reiser, before we let you go. Uh, the, the Southland, it seems like all the conferences are transitioning now as teams are moving. Some of the teams are coming in. What about the evolution of, of the Southland and how it will affect baseball one way or the other in your view? Yeah, yeah, you know, we've got new commissioners come in, Chris Grant, and I think he's done a fantastic job of being very involved with the coaches and, and you know, obviously getting our opinions on it, you know, where we want to see baseball grow. Um, you know, we feel like it's a, a pretty – uh, perennial sport in the, in the conference, right, to be able to showcase what we have for the conference. You know, we've got teams in this league that have the ability to play in postseason, but not only play in postseason, but win in postseason, you know. Uh, and so, you know, we want to continue to grow that. Uh, we've done a great job of managing that through all the – you know, back and forth. Also, you're never going to compete with football and basketball. I mean, those are the money makers with the TV money, and you know that's going to you know put the put these I guess different conferences in the directions they're going to go uh, from a budgetary standpoint. But I think our our commissioner's done a great job of you know listening to our voice and doing a great job of getting some guys in here and understand that baseball is a perennial uh, sport for this conference, and we can emerge and you know be a multi-bid league and have guys that you know go on to win a regional, go on to supers, and eventually also get a team to Omaha. So I uh, really like where the league's at right now. You know, what McNeese and Coach Hill have done over there, uh, and Lake Charles has been tremendous. You know, Lamar's back in the league, being out of the whack, uh, for, uh, left for the whack for a year. They're off to a great start as well, what Coach Dean does down there at UNO as well. I mean, just we've got, you know, four or five teams that can compete pretty much with anybody in the country uh, on any given day. All right, Coach Reiser, continued success. And look, from all of us to, to you, it's always good to see a local, a local guy doing really, really well. And um, we hope that both teams play the best they can play tonight and leave it on the field. Thanks again for your time. No doubt. Appreciate you guys. Line up. All right. There you go. Coach Matt Reiser, the head coach of the Southeastern Louisiana Lions. They'll take on the Golden Eagles tonight in baseball down in Hammond. When we come back, NFL free agency frenzy. We'll talk about where some Southern Miss Golden Eagles are headed, if they're headed anywhere from where they were last year. That and more when the Eagle Hour continues in a moment. Southern Miss to the top. Final segment of the Eagle Hour brought to you by D1 and D-Bat Training. It's going to get cold tonight and tomorrow. No problem if you're a travel ball or rec ball 
softball player or baseball player, D1 and DBAT has the best indoor training facility around. So you can get those cuts in tonight, get your throwing in D1 and DBAT. They've got their pro shop there, too, for all your baseball and softball equipment needs. Glad to have them on the Eagle Hour. You can join us uh, on different podcasts that are on this the Internet thing. What do we... <laughs> <laughs> the interwebs. Oh, the interwebs? Right. Yeah. Okay. Apple Podcasts, Audible, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, and TuneIn, or you can just tell Alexa to play Super Talk Eagle Hour. That is all Mandarin Chinese to me, mm-hmm. but a lot of you young people uh, know what that means. All right. NFL free agent frenzy. Uh, let's bring you up to date as to what we know. It's being reported today that former Southern Miss quarterback Nick Mullins is going to re-sign with the Minnesota Vikings, so they're going to keep their quarterback core in place with uh, Kirk Cousins and Mullins backing him up. It's already been uh, noted that Michael Thomas is re-signing with the Cincinnati Bengals. So he's back with the Bengals now for, gosh, this has got to be his fifth or sixth season now in Cincinnati. And... Nunez Roches, Akeem Nunez, Nunez Roches, who I've always had difficulty saying. Close. <laughs> what, did I get it right? Yeah, well, Rakim. Yeah. Ra- Rakim. Yeah. Nunez, Nunez, Nunez Roches. Roches. There you go. He is going to is signing with the New York Giants. That's right. So it's it's good. Those guys have mm-hmm. have landed on their feet and keep the Southern Miss uh, tradition going in the National Football League, but. All of that is, you know, shaking itself out. Tomorrow on the program, Patrick McGee from NOLA.com will be sorting out the quarterback situation in New Orleans where the Saints have apparently found their backup quarterback but didn't have to go very far. That's what we call a tease. Mm, I think I might tune in. Do you like that? Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) We hope that that you will. All right. We didn't really get to talk to Coach uh, Reiser about – the you know the Southern Miss team. Billy Oldham goes tonight on on the hill for Southern Miss. What what do you think that um, Coach Ostrander is looking for out of him tonight? <clears throat> Besides, a, I mean, a quality start. But will he yeah. even get to go that deep? Yeah. Well, that's the question. Is is how close is he to a hundred percent? Because I think, at least from the outside looking in, given his his outing on Friday. Um, you know, he, he just wasn't all that sharp. Right. And I, I think that was more because he probably, I think he was warming up in the bullpen in Oxford. And it, had he been needed late in that game, they probably could have put him out there. But they, they were being careful with him because as unproven and young as this pitching staff is, you kind of have to be careful with the guys that you really are going to need, especially a midweek starter. I mean, that's a, that's a really big deal. And so, yeah, the question is, how close is he um, to 100%? I mean, with his, his stuff, the, the velocity that he did throw with uh, in his really good start against UNO didn't give up a single hit. Um, you know, 89 to 91, he'll bump 92. Um, but, it, I mean, the thing with Billy Oldham, his stuff has really good movement, pretty much everything he throws, but he has to stay low in the zone. Kind of the same thing with Tanner Hall. Um, you know, early in some Tanner Hall starts this year, we've seen him get up in the zone. And at that point, your good hitters are, are going to punish your mistakes if it catches too much of the plate. So if he can control the zone and stay low in the zone, um, he's got a chance to be really effective against a really strong lineup. That We talked about some of those numbers, had a really great weekend against a staff that threw in Omaha last year. And that, uh, that game tonight down in, in Hammond, and as Scott Berry mentioned on this very program yesterday, He's only given his bullpen a rating on a 110 of six right now as far as performance. Right. And clearly, if the Eagles 
have a weakness or a chink in the link. It is the it is the staff on the back end of the yeah. pitching staff and being able to perform consistently. Which is interesting because the starting rotation has probably been your strength. And so I think if it, that is part of why it's such a big deal, first of all, to have those three guys thrown the way that they are, but also to have a quality, consistent midweek starter, which you it would you would hope and you expect it to be Billy Oldham when he gets back to being healthy, like we said, against a, a really good lineup. But yeah, I, I don't know if this is going to be, it's it's certainly, I would expect the hope <laughs> for the staff, not for it to be a Johnny Holstaff game like it was in Oxford on Tuesday. You'd like to get some length out of uh, a Billy tonight in his start, but you know, if he gives you three or four innings, this this bullpen is is going to have to take another step in the right direction to be competitive against the Lions. I was going to say it's a double edged sword because if you get any starting pitcher to go deep, then your your relievers don't really have a chance <laughs> sure. to mess up. If sure. you'll pardon the expression, yeah. but the only way they're going to get better, you would think, is to get you know game precision and game action. Yeah, so. which is which is what midweeks are for, which that's what a lot of non conference is about. Um, but you feel like now at the end, you moving into conference play this weekend against Texas State, you feel like there's still some questions to be answered. And I, I think some of them will be answered tonight. And I don't a really think, good team. And I don't think there's any really low hanging fruit in, no, this, in no. the Sun Belt in baseball. Right. So and, and to get your feet wet immediately going to San Marcos against a very good uh, Bobcat team. Uh, a lot of respect for Coach Barry and for Coach Riser for that fact that and I mean, I know they're kind of local rivals but still it'd be easy to bypass yes, it would. and, and yeah. uh, to play an easier team anyway again we mentioned that patrick mcgee will join us tomorrow we'll also have recaps of both the baseball and the basketball games tonight wishing all eagle teams the best of luck we'll join you again tomorrow at one o'clock for producer engineer michael mergens and the brash youngster Ben Milam, I'm Kelly Sander. Until tomorrow at 1 o'clock, Southern Miss to the top. Super Talk Mississippi Media Production.